The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. For all the killers and the $100 billers, Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We aren't here to podcast. We stand with Gary Lineker. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> that is obviously a joke. We are not endorsed by the BBC, but if we were, we wouldn't be fucking here, I'll tell you that, because uh, the BBC are sorry cunt. I am the big man, John Mack, and as always, I am joined by a man who put on £100 worth of muscle in just three days. A man who will always find an occasion to wear his leather trousers, waistcoat and paddy cap. A man who has a maths degree from Steiner University. It's medium popper pump. Me, Mark Crowver, how are you, mate? <laughs> it amazes me how you come up with these every week. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fucking hard graph, mate, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> uh, Mark, not too bad there, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad, mate. Ready to get uh, balls deep in some cretininity and some nitrosity. To coin a yeah, phrase. There's, there's some uh, some serious stuff this week, isn't there? Seriously, and some serious cretininity. So we'll start <laughs> off by taking that lovely stroll on an evening down Moron Boulevard, down Simpleton Avenue, all the way to the cretinous cul-de-sac. Have you got one for me? It's cretin of the week. <laughs> I've got a few. I've got, well, I've got a couple, actually. I think man. you've got I think you've got a couple as well, haven't you? To be fair, it's, uh, there's been a lot going well, on. Fuck me, it's gone big time this week. It really has. <laughs> a few late arrivals as well, from what I've seen. <laughs> the, the, so the first one's a clip that was going around the whole uh, wrestling Twitter scene uh, the last two last day or two. It's a clip from a. Uh, That's never good, is it? <laughs> a viral clip. From old game changer wrestling, I think that I think it's GC, GCW. I think that's what the it stands for, doesn't it? <laughs> so you know, it's sort of known for its um, you know hardcore no style. <laughs> Speaking of knobs, um, hey. <laughs> so there's this clip going around, and there's some absolute. I've no idea who it is. Don't want to know to be honest. If this is the sort of thing he's doing, he's sat there in a match with his knob and bollocks out. He's wrestling naked. <laughs> And he's crawling like, like around, crawling around on the ring, covering up his cock and bollocks, and doing moon salts and stuff off the top rope. And I'm just thinking, there's a reason why I don't watch that. <laughs> yeah, there is. You might get, you might get a, a whiffed moon salt. Might end up in a serious tea bagging. <laughs> Anything could go wrong there, couldn't it? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Can you imagine the sort of tea or coffee? <laughs> Man, imagine that's a, that could be some serious testicle injury. And oh, yeah. That just makes me wince at the thought. It's, I'm just uh, thinking, I just watched it. I was why? thinking, what, what's going on here? <laughs> what's the what's the story? Because <laughs> you know, there'll be some like massive, like big time fans of it will be like, well, they've been they've been booking this for six months. You know, it's been a naked match, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's nuanced because he wanted to feel. Like he did when he was born. It's a rebirth of the gimmick. Oh, sorry, the character. So he's got to be naked. He's got to be bollocko, hasn't he? He's got to. It's just, it's just how it is. There's, there's going to be some sort of testicle nuance slip. 
Hashtag nuance. <laughs> Hashtag testicle nuance. <laughs> Get it trending. <laughs> yeah, so that was the first one. I just thought, bloody hell, like, that's just not a good look, is it? <laughs> it's never a good look. They're the, they're the dickheads who like book Nick Gage all the time as the world champion and fucking. And have well, Joey Janela set his foot it, on Nick fire. Gage. Nick Gage oh, owns it. Got, I don't know. I don't care, really. To be fair. <laughs> I don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, you, speak, you mentioned Joey Janela. He, he was like trying to defend it, going like he said something like, "Oh, but this GCW booked once some people coming back to life, so this is just normal." I'm just thinking, well, that makes it all right then, does it? Because you because he did that one time. <laughs> oh yeah, they booked the Invisible Man versus Invisible Stan. <laughs> There's no cunt in the ring. <laughs> apparently, apparently that was Bryce Remsberg's best refereeing performance. Got over in that room. <laughs> it did. I mean, that wrestlers, them two wrestlers, got over like Work gangbusters. Courses. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't get, I couldn't get the autograph of either of them. But <laughs> what have you got for us this, this week? First up is something I think was. It's been a big topic actually in the, in the wrestling world over the last fortnight. It has been covered on other podcasts, but I thought it was an interesting talking point just to get in because I think it is quite cretinous. Yeah. It's the news that World Wrestling Entertainment mm. are looking to gamble on the results of yeah. their matches. So take bets and stuff. How the fuck's that going to work, Mark? <laughs> well, I think, uh, do you know what? It's funny you've mentioned that because I'm pretty sure we mentioned a few a few weeks ago that I don't know if it was on the Nitro. Someone was like, oh, I wouldn't take money for him. And it's like, well, you wouldn't take money for wrestling anyway. I'm just oh, thinking, you're right. <laughs> I don't know who it was who said it or something like that, but it just it just rings a bell now. You've said that. It's just meant it's mental, isn't it? It's absolutely mental. I don't know why any like I don't even know, like a gambling association or whoever does that or regulates it, how they would ever allow it. Exactly, because I mean how many how many fixed boxing matches have caused issues yeah. with with like, you know, bookmakers and stuff in the past where it's it's been a worked match. And taking yeah. bets for it. it, just it just ends up with people getting fucked out of money and you know shit. And Lance yeah. Stone came back with it because I mean Meltz has obviously reported it, and <laughs> it's it's not Meltz accredited at the moment, yeah. but he's put uh, the creative team will no longer be allowed to know finishes ahead of time to the major matches if this goes through, and it's like what. How and then Lance Storms re- re- replied with uh, insane finishes are a crucial aspect of the storytelling. It would destroy the creative post process. You'd have to go back to a single booker who everyone trusts and will keep his mouth shut. Writers can't write or collaborate if they can't discuss finishes. And he's got a fucking it's, point at the end of the day. No, it's bang on. I mean, Lance Storms normally pretty level headed. To be fair, normally normally talks pretty much sense, but he's bang he, on. He there. has to be serious for a moment. <laughs> it wouldn't work, would it? It, it? I just can't see how that would work. It's not a sport. It, I mean, I mean, it, it's elements of sport, athleticism, blah blah blah. But you know, it just I can't yeah. imagine that would ever be passed if it was ever sort of like pitched to anyone. Yeah, it's, and yeah, it's, like, it's not something that you could really do. And, and like, I know, I know. Like, to be fair, it's, it's, it's similar way. He, he's got a point where he's like, it's not like one booker anymore or anything like that. It hasn't been for years, has it? But. It wouldn't work, would it? If you've got all these creative minds and no one has a fucking clue where they, what the end goal is, how how's that going to work? And fucking uh, Meltzer it... would lose his mind because he won't be able to get fuck all out of him. I know, yeah. 
I mean, he seems to have lost his. He, he seems to have lost it a little bit already. But he, imagine that he wouldn't have any no clue, shit. would he? <laughs> yeah. Do you know where this is? This this reminds me because it is fucking. It's a stupid thing to come out with. Yeah. It reminds me of um, when Jericho wanted pro wrestling in the Olympics. Yeah. Like, yeah. Similar. It's a work, Jericho. It's a yeah. work, Vincent. Do you know what I mean? It's just. It's just completely. Asinine. I don't even know how they begin to do it. To be fair, that they've already sort of brent like branched into it slightly. Have you seen that DraftKings thing they do? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't think there's money involved, but it's similar way. It's a bit like that Super Six thing, and you know where they do that on Circus Soccer Saturday, where you got to pick six yeah. matches, things like that. It's like they've, they've 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 sort of experimented with it already. So, I mean, if they ever get that through, I I think they'll try, won't they? Because be, I suppose it would be would it be an extra revenue stream for them slightly? Of course it would. It's yeah. all about revenue stream, isn't it? Yeah. And that would add on to the it. arena, wouldn't they, and stuff? Well, that's it. That that That's just going to add on in Vince's, like, imaginary valuation of his company. It's like, well, I've got yeah. this revenue stream. Because the revenue stream at the moment is essentially the TV rights. Yeah. Yeah, massive money, though, isn't it, to be fair? Yeah, but if, it's, if the people who are paying him the TV rights by the company, they're not going to... Pay him what he wants because they own. They were going to pay him for the TV rights anyway. They just don't have to pay for the TV rights. It's just That's it. Mad. Yeah. Anyway, well, I think that was daft as fuck. But speaking right. of daft as fuck, we occasionally like to bring out some random wrestling Twitter page that we've never heard of and who, who have appalling takes. We've probably been on some other people's podcasts <laughs> with our appalling takes. Who knows? More, more on Monday. <laughs> but wrestling has gone XG. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I think I know what you're on about <laughs> this Craig William at Craig PW Musings comes out with this Corker you can't use Taker versus Michaels as the five star match that proves Meltzer wrong yeah you can that <laughs> 4.75 is incredibly generous it's closer to Hogan Rock in construction than MJF Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. The second half of it is borderline boring. It takes Taker five whole minutes to recover from that dive. Oh, you mean the one oh where he, he, he landed on his head and nearly broke his neck? Of course <laughs> it takes you five minutes, you daft cunt. One, he's selling it. Two, it probably fucking hurt. <laughs> fucking moron. And then he comes out with a graph. So, yeah, it's absolutely shocking, isn't it? Like activity graph, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, match stats, total offense 386, offense per hour, offense per hour 355, tide, tide changes, it's not a C, <laughs> 137, tide changes per hour 126. Big offense. So, what, what what constitutes big offense, especially in this climate? Because nothing gets a fucking three. Everything's a fucking two or a one or just not sold. And that's a one oh three. And big offense per hour ninety five. Big offense percentage twenty seven percent. And then that's MJF Danielson. And then the Taker one. It just pales into comparison on his fucking superb metric of moronity. Total offense one four six. Oh. Oh, but no. his big, the big offense percentage was a, a whopping 31. The fact is, you're going it's off bollocks. something that was half the fucking time. <laughs> yeah. It was sold a lot more. 
I'm assuming, than most matches today. Like, he's the fact it got a bit boring because he sold for five minutes. Of course, you fucking penis. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, what a fucking idiot. Can you imagine Gary Neville and Carrigan like analysing the wrestling match? <laughs> That's the sort of stats they've been pulling out, will it? Okay. If, you, if you just stop it Little there. <laughs> Rio Ferdinand like pushing like defenders, like going, oh, and if he was on defence here and defence there. <laughs> he, threw, he, so, threw, he throws a lovely DDT there. <laughs> so this dickhead, right, and all his uh, data and his fucking Opta stats or whatever the fuck it is, <laughs> he's quickly jumped back with, uh, for the record, I didn't like the match because the bump spoils it. The unfortunate, unfortunate is the operative word here. The unfortunate crash landing of Taker means the match is slow afterwards. Yeah. I use the word whole to emphasize how the length of time and how that made the match less dramatic. If anything, it made more, it made it more dramatic because you thought the fucker had broke his neck. More jeopardy. Fuck and then he's come back with uh, this. It was, of course, not a big at uh, the man. What? Oh, sorry. It was, of course, not a dig at the man who fell on his head. He's put big, but then re- re- retracts it and puts dig. This tweet was really poorly worded, and I shouldn't dump on something that people love. Most of my other stuff is significantly more positive. <laughs> fucking hell. So he's basically, he's basically gone. It's classic Meltzer-isms that these people are now taking on. He's like, well, I've got a graph. But essentially, yeah. it's a, it's my opinion, and I've just said it's my opinion because the bump makes it slower, and I don't like it as much. Fuck right off, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> to, to to be honest, uh, what is what is it? What's the point that's trying to be made? Like, what is he even trying to get? At? I don't understand. Like you can't. You just. <sighs> Not every you match has to be 100 it. miles an hour, does it? Do you know what I mean? Like, how, how boring would wrestling be if every match was the same, where it was just move, 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 move? Do you know what I mean? You need matches like that that have got a bit more story and a bit more slower pace to them. Exactly. Let's be honest, that's a fucking classic of a match. Yeah. Take and Michaels is great. But I don't know why anyone takes stock. And he's, he's like trying to take up a Meltzer. Well, well the, the, the metrics here prove that Meltzer is right, giving that five stars or whatever, and someone else four and a half or whatever. But for, if you get four and a half, it's essentially five stars or four stars. We don't know. It's half, half star either way, remember? Yeah, yeah, but that, that doesn't really work, that. <laughs> my head explodes with this fucking try to quantify something that's subjective. It's it's mental. And speaking of old Davy Meltzer and his <laughs> mental musings. Back at it. <laughs> so... Alan, Alan Cheapshot, who, who we quite enjoy on Twitter, he's, uh, he's not a personality or anything, but he's, he, he puts out some good shit. He, sent, he put out a video of Greg Valentine demonstrating the power of his elbow drop from 1976, where like it's like you want to do judo chops and, yeah. and try to kick kick wood in half and break wood. He's done yeah. that to which in 1976 was probably the height of showing that you've got a good elbow drop. Yeah. And then some guy called Benjamin Miller. But not to hate, but what's the point of this video? To trick the 0.01% of 1976 wrestling fans who thought it was real. Right. What? <laughs> Most people in 1976 thought it was fucking real. Trust me. People <laughs> used to go mental. They used to fucking jump over the barricade and try and stab him. Stab, stab attempts, yeah. And then some guys put, not too many people knew that, uh, that wrestling was predetermined in the 70s. And he's put this Ben Miller character... Nah, they all did. Dave Meltzer has talked about polls of wrestling fans showing they all knew it was fake going back to the 20s or earlier. All of them. Even, 
All of them, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I don't even mind the board breaking, but what's the punchline to the segment? What do you mean punchline? <laughs> it's, to the, it's to show how strong his fucking elbow drop is. is that, have you not figured that one out yet? <laughs> so then this other guy, uh, Max Crowley, has put, yeah, Dave's full of shit on that. And, uh, <laughs> and he knows that. I suppose all those riots, the stabbing, slashings, chasing the heels, shooting at the cars, cutting their tyres, sugaring their tanks, cutting the tyres on cop cars. Just a bunch of fans who really like the show. <laughs> so true, though, isn't it? <laughs> but obviously, he's got to come. Mr. Meltzer. Search his, his name on Twitter yeah. and he's seen that. And he's like, no. <laughs> California's favourite hoarder. <laughs> he's back. He's put, in the 70s here on television... During the opening credits, they outright said the winners and losers have been predetermined by the promoters because the commission ordered that due to wrestlers complaining. Okay. And then Lance Storm, good old Lance Storm's piped up with Dave. <laughs> if we've learned anything since the 2020 election, it's that people willingly ignore evidence that contradicts what they believe or want to believe. Just because there was evidence out there, it does not mean the general population was quote-unquote smart, literally or figuratively. I completely That's agree. <laughs> level head, every time, like, he's level-headed. It's like Dave Meltzer puts out this shit without, he just puts it out and, and doesn't think. Like Lance Storm, he'd probably write out, look at it, check for spelling errors, grammatical errors. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because he's, yeah. so, he's so sensible, bless him. Yeah. And then Meltzer's obviously can't just leave it. Patch back the common theme until probably 30 years ago. If I'd bring up my work, was a weird look, and don't you know it's all fake? They didn't know how or anything about it, only that it was fake. Later, non fans stopped caring about real versus fake and just considered it entertainment. So Lance gives it You are now the fan who says everyone in the arena was booing, arguing with the people who say they weren't booing where I was sitting with the logic everyone near me was, so you were wrong. People believe the earth is flat and that Bigfoot exists. <laughs> <laughs> He's absolutely had his pants down there, hasn't he? Let's be honest. He has. And ironically, <laughs> one of the people who does believe the earth's flat is, is his old tag team partner, Chrissy Jessa. <laughs> Wonder if they're still in touch. <laughs> but the icing on the cake was old Cornet popped up and gives it Lance. Lance, why even try? He's gone mentally and will keep this back and forth up forever since he has no life and has turned on all his real friends. <laughs> which made me laugh my bollocks off. Which is just, it's typical Cornette because Lance Storm, like, measured, level-headed, you know, you know gets his point across. Plays him. <laughs> yeah, doesn't give a fuck. He, I mean, he does tickle me, but that man does not fucking think before he speaks, genuinely. Nah. <laughs> Well, he's, he's he's had enough of I mean, he's had enough of Meltzer for ages, hasn't he? So he's just going to fucking pipe in. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't give a fuck. This is just classic Meltzer who cannot. He just can't admit when he's wrong, really. Can he? We just can't. He, he can't see any side of a of, of an argument. His his, his opinion's final. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> so, have you got any more? Have we got to deviate again? There's a bit of a deviation, I think, yeah. Is it? Is he back? Yeah. He's back. Back from the dead. <laughs> Resurrected like Jesus on the Sabbath. <laughs> Resurrected like The Undertaker after a buried alive match. <laughs> or after that it's fall. 
<laughs> yeah, it is walking orange scrotum. Ric Flair, it's another we watch. Woo! <laughs> what, what, what's he been up to, old Richard? So, I think we've got one each, have we? Well, I think I, I've got one that I spotted the other, the other day. Do you remember that very, very distasteful angle between Triple H and Booker T in the early 2000s? Oh, um, how can you how can you forget that? <laughs> uh, extremely racist <laughs> undertones yeah. and overtones of it, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, Ric Flair's put out a tweet. It's just it's so it's so Flair. It's just so thick. It's ridiculous. He's put a tweet out saying the choice is yours. Woo! And then he's put a, a two to three minute clip of of him absolutely berating. Booker T during this um, this angle, and he probably the guy he is. He probably doesn't have a clue how much of a bad look it is putting this tweet out. I mean, in the in the the the, the clip in in question, he talks about how he basically puts down Booker T, saying that you know you should be our driver, you should be our chauffeur, and stuff like that. Really, really sh- proper shitty stuff. Bank carrier on it as well. Yeah, you should carry our bags. You should do this. I mean, really bad stuff and he's and he's he's just put it out there with just there's no thought process whatsoever with this guy i mean you only have to look under underneath the post and there's some there's people just going what an extremely weird thing to post um no. out of every out of everything you could have posted from your 30 40 plus year career whatever it is year career <laughs> you've uh <laughs> you've put that down it's just like ah uh, just i just think he's a fucking idiot he's probably not done it with any malice but he's just got no he's just an idiot he's just an yeah, absolute moron <laughs> there's no yeah, thought process <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that was mine i just thought he was a complete tit um just no thought no just idiocy really yeah this is it's it's pretty standard flair isn't it the guy yeah. It's just <laughs> there's no words to describe him. If it's not if it's not bragging about his you know alcohol alcohol intake like it's something to be fucking proud of. If it's not you know going into business with a convicted rapist, you know it's, it's something <laughs> shilling the the dirt worst of fucking product. It's yeah. uh I'll be uh, I'll be passively aggressively racist. <laughs> and just be an absolute prick and have no no fucking self awareness whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> now I spotted something from the wrestling news. Ric Flair's commented on, on old Maxwell Jacob Freeman. His exact quote was, "If MJF wants to get heat, you want to do something to get real heat. Cut yourself so deep that when you swing your hair, you throw blood all over him." <laughs> what? <laughs> I think he's doing all right, Rick. <laughs> I don't think you need to fucking gig yourself and cause yourself to fucking bleed out just to get heat. <laughs> Moxley does that every week, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, and gets no fucking heat. <laughs> it's just a, unbelievably it's so, stupid. It's such an old mindset. It's so outdated that sort of mindset. Him coming out with that. <laughs> But we all we all know now why Rick was such a fucking good bleeder because of his <laughs> alcohol thins the blood clearly. So you know, <laughs> yeah, it was eight eight to ten beers a day, and then onto the wine at eight o'clock. <laughs> exactly, and I'm assuming that's probably why Moxley's a good bleeder. <laughs> Ooh, I'm joking. I'm joking. He's a shit bleeder. <laughs> 
Oh dear. To be fair, I hope we don't see any more flair the next couple of weeks. <laughs> I know. We've got to bring out retirement, this cretin. <laughs> I didn't think it would uh, come back this soon. <laughs> no. Well, but what but this is this is typical flair. It's like he goes into retirement and then three weeks later, bang, <laughs> he's back. <laughs> so true. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, so that I mean that that's the that's the end of the woo watch. Hopefully, fingers crossed. We you know there's there's no more next week, but sometimes you just can't ignore the guy. <laughs> so, scale back our independent segments this week, <laughs> but they have been in action. The twin tits of tyranny. <laughs> it's this bro fever, bro. So it's only a small one this week. Obviously, we've been we've, we've discussed Vince Russo's forty-five thousand podcast Patreon pages, YouTube pages, <laughs> and anything that will you know garner him a couple of quid here and there. So I found out, and this isn't a new one. He's, he's been doing this for a fucking five, six years. He's got he's got a podcast or YouTube page or whatever called Castrating the Marks. God, genuinely, where all he does is is rinse and rip on you know wrestling fans and wrestlers who are a bit of a mark for themselves. Yeah, Vince Russo is one of the biggest marks for himself. I do a pot. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. He is. <laughs> so he's had to. He's had. He's ripped. He's gone that mad on some someone who's questioned his work ethic. That he's put out a tweet saying, uh, "I want to apologise in advance for losing my temper tonight on castrating." <laughs> he just shortens it to castrating. So to me, that reads a bit wrong. So he's, he's obviously it looks like he's he's just gone vicious with a knife, cut, cutting someone's <laughs> cock and bollocks off. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> You've got to have the right amount of context, Vince. <laughs> yeah, and then he's carried on saying, "When that happens, I say bad things." You can question slash criticise me all you want. I've been under daily harsh criticism for 25 years, but when you question my work ethic slash integrity, I'm going to have an issue. Sorry. I don't know what he said, <laughs> but I have to I have to I have to agree with him on this one. <laughs> His work ethic is second to none. There is no one else on this planet who puts out the amount of shite. That he puts out on it a takes weekly... some serious work to do that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, he, he really puts his heart into heart and soul into making the worst fucking content <laughs> you could ever see. I've tried to find it, I've tried to find the clip, but I point blank refused paying for his Patreon. <laughs> now, what made me laugh even more was the quick witted sarcasm of his good friend Disco Dipshit. <laughs> Who's just put, you should be immediately suspended pending review. (laughs) That was a joint one. Crickets. (laughs) I love it when they come together. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God. Yeah. There's nothing to be said about them. That hasn't already. (laughs) Too too much more honesty going on with these two. It's like I don't. I guarantee he's not even said that much no. of a bad thing. 
guarantee it's like fucking hell. If you listen to fucking Cornet, Jesus Christ, it's probably like child's play. Yeah. What could he have really said that was that bad? <laughs> I don't know, but I do need to find out. And <laughs> Bro. <can> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who are we going for this week? It's been a it's been a fucking fest. It's been monstrous. Meltzer's had a couple of appearances, hasn't he? That guy with the stats is is that's about uh, that's just idiocy. That yeah, <clears throat> I think that could be well in with a shout. I what, think what that you... could be one of the stupidest things I've ever fucking seen. Yeah, it generally is, isn't it? It's just it's just taking something so ridiculous as if he's actually sat there and like done that, made like notes like that. Do you know what I mean, we sit there and make notes about rest of the matches, but we're not sitting there making stats about how many punches were thrown and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. Um, I think he's a genuine contender, whoever that geezer is. Is <laughs> uh, Craig William. Craig William. I do no know idea is. Craig William, you and the guy with his cock and balls out <laughs> have joined that illustrious list of dual cretin winners. <laughs> is that what we're going for? It's it's gonna because the cock and balls guy, I mean, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Naked moonsault. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Joint winners. I mean, that I wasn't expecting. What's he called? John William or something. Craig William. Craig, Craig William. I wasn't expecting. I'd never see him on the list. No, and this will be the one and only time he comes on because I'm not going back to your stat machine again. Fuck me. <laughs> you, you made a graph <laughs> about wrestling. I wonder how long that actually took him. <laughs> I mean, there were some really nice matches on this episode of Nitro we're going to review, but the tie- I didn't get a lot of the tide changes down and the big offence. And <laughs> Fuck me. Where's, your, where's your line? What constitutes big offence? What, <laughs> what constitutes is it these days? Who knows? Does he have a list of moves, big and small? Yeah, he's got, he's got a glossary of terms. <laughs> yeah. If Excalibur screams it out like he's having an orgasm, it's a big move. <laughs> Tope Suicida. Tiger Driver 98. <laughs> they're, they're the big moves, then. <laughs> and Cock and Balls guy. What a mop. Oh, Jesus. Wet. The only the only naked match I want to see is Kevin Nash teabagging corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But um, speaking of Kevin Nash, <laughs> he is rather prominent on tonight's show. So we are is. going to the 16th of December, Monday Nitro, 1996, Pensacola, Florida. Program live two hours on TNT. Welcome to WCW 
Francisco for our number one, and they are jam-packed with the Raptors here tonight. And Larry, we grow ever close to Starcade, ever close to the match of the decade. Hulk Hogan going up against Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. Well, you know, Hulk Hogan, he had fear in his face, Tony. Fear in his face when he looked at Roddy Piper, and that count. What? What do you mean we're in your spot? <laughs> well, wait a minute. Look, I, I, let me tell you right now, you don't have enough men to make me leave here. You need the rest of your guys. Well, my problem, Mr. Bischoff, is I don't need a contract. Well, you hired us to do a job here. The NWO is here to stay, brother. Get used to it. The NWO is in the house, and we are taking over now. It's been a long time, Ted, but like I said, you're going to need more NWO guys. You're not enough. We're not enough. Not for me. We're not enough. We're not, we're not enough. See ya. How, how bad do you want to push that? Point? The living has been. We got a show to do, Larry. That's it. Escort him out of here. Hey, Larry. Nice working with you again. Right, so we uh, we get Larry and Tony tonight, as always, as per. Yeah. But they're not ringside, which I thought the fancy awesome. booth. They're, yeah, they're the fancy booth, <laughs> and they start talking Starcade and Hogan's fears, and uh, the NWO music hits. Yep. And I'm thinking, oh, great. Are we going to get some Hall? No, we're not going to get Hall and Nash. We're going to get Bischoff, DiBiase, and one Mill Virgil. <laughs> crowd, did you notice the crowd proper pop for the music? Saw who it was and just went. Bischoff comes in, doesn't he? He's, he's giving it the... He's arguing about the contracts and all that, and 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 they're they're popping off to Larry. Larry's giving it big and's going, "I'm not leaving," and then leaves. <laughs> oh <know>, yeah, <laughs> directly walks off. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Dibiase and Bischoff. Dibiase might be all right. Bischoff on commentary. Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't looking forward to it. To be fair. <laughs> no, because now he's he was bad when he was a face. Yeah. But now he's doing this, like trying to be cocky cool heel. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not working. So they recap uh, Piper and Bischoff's segment. Obviously, it doesn't show him getting dropped by Piper at the end. Uh, they that's, call Piper a coward. It's a good touch, oh, though, to be fair, not showing it. Like, it's cl- it works. No, that's how it should be. Yeah, of course yeah. it is. It's proper, proper chicken shit heel stuff. Ted says um, he cheap shotted him, and Eric's just an announcer. And Bischoff's probably getting a bit annoyed with that because Bischoff thinks he's like fucking seven-dan black belt, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he will be. He's thinking, just an announcer, fucking hell, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> it tells us that Hogan's in the building. Oh, joy. And says they have Sting too. Yeah. Ooh, intrigue. Feature of the night, that. They mention that a lot, don't they? Certainly do. But first... We get the defense of the TV belt. Oh, mm. Billy Regal, Stephen Regal versus the Queen guitarist, Psychosis. <laughs> Brian May. <laughs> yeah, he looks like, doesn't he look, he comes out all in white. He looks like fucking Megazord off the fucking Power Rangers. It's proper. Yeah, proper like Japanese cartoon type 
outfit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think he's Mexican. Is he? Yeah, he's gone he's gone he's gone for an interesting style, hasn't he? To be fair. Yeah, hundred percent. But <laughs> I don't mind a bit of psychosis. Yeah, he's alright, and he's he's had a few decent matches as we've been watching. Regal gets a great reaction. The booze are fucking heavy. Yeah. Heavy booze. And he proper plays up to it as as you as you expect him to do as well. Yeah. Always does, doesn't he? Bischoff uh, says that they've got till Christmas to convert their contracts. Says wrestlers worldwide want to be NWO with a little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. It's always about New Japan being like the minor league for WCW and stuff, doesn't he? Like that was what he said yeah. a few times. Which is where they robbed the fucking gimmick from anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so NWO, yeah, he yeah. keeps dropping hints and stuff, but getting international people and like worldwide people is completely negating the whole fucking point of the NWO, which was like yeah. a WWF invasion, right? So I thought it was a weird juxtaposition visually seeing Regal versus Psychosis because it just you expect to see Psychosis with like a cruiserweight guy, obviously. Hooray. Yeah. Yeah. What did you reckon to this? Um, I didn't. I didn't mind it. To be fair, I thought it was an. I thought it was a decent little. I thought it was an interesting match. I didn't think really, really didn't think we'd see this. To be fair, I thought it was a nice. And I thought it was a, I thought it was a solid opener. To be fair, it's nice to get, nice to get see. Regal opening the show. Yeah, he's probably had better matches. Don't get me wrong, but oh, of course, yeah, yeah. But uh, a lot, one of the things that's ruined him is Bischoff's commentary. It's absolutely mm. pathetic. He just doesn't even talk about the match. Do you know what I mean? At least when you've got like Mike Tenay, Shivani, like they do mention like the Hogan stuff and the Piper and. The, but even like when like if Mike Tenay's on there or um, or even Bobby, to be fair, they do mention the match a lot. So it, it did take it a little bit away from it. It was a bit frustrating because Bischoff sat there going, "Oh, I'm Bischoff, you know, Roddy, you're my friend. You know, I'm your best friend in this situation and all this." It's so like it just it didn't work for me. But I think I think Regal was good in this one, and and I think the crowd was quite into a psychosis as well. To be fair. Yeah, I think I think they've probably seen him before and know that he's quite exciting, i.e. the big moves and the spots, high spots and stuff. Yeah. I thought it was just enough of a clash of styles to make it work. Do you know, we discussed before, like Dean and Ray are quite well suited, even though they're yeah. different and yeah. And then you get like a Conan versus Hoovy, which was just fucking too much. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, I do apologize. Conan versus Hoovy. <laughs> Yeah, I think this one. I think it, it, it could have it could have gone wrong, but I thought it was a good. Match. I wouldn't mind seeing it again. To be fair, in it with a bit more yeah, time to it, a bit longer. Um, yeah, but the longest um, match on the show, though. Yeah, yeah, it's a good start. I love it when Regal. Uh, there was one point in the match where he, he sort of dominated early with like loads of mat work and stuff like that, and then and then Psychosis got a little bit of pace and momentum, and then Regal was like, "Fuck this!" Got him in like a nasty STF and was just grinding him and stuff like that. Yeah, just, yeah. That was like really good stuff, and it all sort of set up the what happened later on in the match as well. Of like his sort of his regal stretch eventually getting in and stuff. I just thought, yeah. I just thought um, regal was really good. He hits like a beautiful underhook suplex at one point as well, and it's just fluid stuff. And you do realize how underrated regal actually is when you watch him in like a, a lengthier match. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I mean, that st- st- stuff he started with, like the arm work, started, it genuinely looked like he was trying to rip his arm out of its socket. It was yeah, it's great. intense and it's aggressive. It's, it's, But you can tell he's safe. Do you know what I mean? Like he, he's he's, he's yeah. not hurting anyone. Do you know what I mean? He's a bit, you know, he's, he's a proper pro as well. But it made sense, like, cause, because of what psychosis is, like a, a lucha guy, 
working on his arm would nullify sort of any attempts at a handspring or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It did make sense. Uh, old Brian hits a 7.4 on the steamboat. Not bad. Anything over yeah. 7. Yeah. He keeps the arm. Regal fights it out and he bars his arm and then headlocks him as well as he's barring the arm. It was almost like a crossface but modified. Yeah. I, I just think, I just love how vicious he is when he's tying people up. It's just, it's just lovely it's, to it's, watch. It, it's that amazing British style, isn't it, that he's sort of brought yeah. to the table. It's really good. The crowd are giving proper shit to Regal as it goes to the break. I thought it was great. He's He knows how to get proper heat. He really does. Yeah, it does. It's not just and it's not just that cheap heat where he's like a foreigner, do you know what I mean, to the Americans. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like he's working it, he's, he's earned that heat, do you know what I mean? Definitely, 100% agree, yeah, because, I mean, don't get me wrong, he gets the cheap heat great by just slagging yeah. off and saying, like, they're all inbred fucking cousin fuckers or whatever he says and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> We're back, and Regal's on top with uppercuts in the corner. A really nice arm wrench by Brian. And Regal sells superbly. He's, he's fucking. He's such a great seller. He really is. Yeah. The wheel kick and a capo kicks and Regal outside, uh, and over the top rope plancher, and uh, the cameraman starts moving the camera cable. So he hits Regal, and then the cameraman's like, oh, "But get better get the cable out of the way." And he's fucking moving the cable out of the way, and right in full shot. It was odd. <laughs> uh, top rope sunset flip gets a big pop and a two. There's more great selling. Psychosis drop kicks. And a top rope rounder for two. Psychosis is selling his arm still, to be fair. I'll give him that. You know, Yeah, he did, he did his bit. Definitely. Yeah. Guillotine leg drop from the top and a delayed cover gets two. Desperation German by Regal was lovely and they're both down. Yeah. Another capo kick gets two. Regal pins him down and pounds his fists and cross faces him into like a full Nelson sort of variation. He's completely got him pinned yeah. down. It's great. He drops the knees and he headbutts him. Big lefts. Double underhook suplex for two. Goes for the superplex version of the double underhook suplex and gets shoved off. Psychosis, it's a big old splash for, say, two and three quarters. Some near falls from cradles and crucifixes and stuff like that. And uh, Psychosis goes for a rana and gets absolutely planted. And uh, Regal goes for the stretch for the win and Regal retains. I thought it was a superb TV match. Yeah. I love the way that Regal just dumped him on his face and then was like, right, here we go. This is <laughs> yeah. it now. Game over. I'm not having this anymore. That was class. No bullshit. Yeah, he's like, I'll give you, I'll give you long enough, mate. I'm just, yeah. I'm finishing it seriously. Yeah, yeah it was good. It, I thought it, so, I thought it was really fun match. Like nice yeah. clash of styles, like, yeah. but not in a bad way. It just got me into the show. To be fair, it did. And they have, they have a tendency to do that, like whack out good openers. And it's usually got some sort of cruiserweight or technical yeah. wizard in it, and and it always gets me pumped up because. Not everything has to be angle, angle, angle. Yeah. And this is just a, this is a nice, solid match. It's for a belt. It means something. Yeah. Uh, next, we get a recap of uh, Big Bubba beating Rick Steiner after Sting interfered. And yep. we get uh, Sting versus Rick later again. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, though, it's uh, Big Bubba, the aforementioned Big Bubba in action. Versus a man who I haven't seen in some time since the old DDP stuff against Chavo oh, yeah. Guerrero Jr. Um, yeah, you're right there, actually. We really haven't seen him for fucking ages, have we? Been a, been a couple of months at least, I would say. Big, big, big Bubba's coming down and he speaks into the camera. He's like, what you're looking at is 100% man. And it's like, really? 
<laughs> Not sure about you in this gimmick. <laughs> Maybe as boss man, but this was um, pretty short, to be honest. I mean, it was it was a it was definitely a different type of match. Uh, I felt a little bit sad for Chavo, to be fair. When like the other two or three months ago, he was having some good stuff with DDP, and then he sort of gets almost squashed in this one, doesn't he? I didn't mind it. I thought it was an interesting mix of styles. Like, Bubba roughs up Chavo, who evades him fucking beautifully off the top. Mm. He does like a, a moonsault, but then rolls through like Eddie does. Yeah. Um, it's a drop kick and punches, and then another drop kick sends Bubba out. But Chavo Pescados <laughs> and gets caught and then gets slammed on the floor twice. The backing and Bubba misses a splash, and Chavo fights back. He can't get Bubba down, so he gets that. Do you know that Naomi move, the rear view, like his ass in yeah. his face? Did you see that? I thought that was a yeah. odd as fuck, but it was, was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then a somersault sends on for two. But sadly, he runs into the Bubba Slam for three. I thought it was a nice quick TV match. I thought Chavo got some stuff in, but they're clearly just blasting through the matches at the moment, like two, three, four minute jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I just saw it as a little bit, a little bit disappointed because I thought Chavo had some good TV matches a few months ago and I thought, Maybe I just, I don't know, it just didn't really work for me. Um, but I can see what you mean. There was some nice stuff from Chavo, but I just feel like he, I feel like he should be sort of a big player in the cruiserweight division. Um, he should, he should be, and I think he does down the line. But he's still quite green. I think he's only early twenties, yeah. maybe. Eh? They do, they do, they do try quite hard to keep Bubba strong, don't they? Even when he gets beat, he gets beat with a bit of fuckery or like a yeah. Or like a, a chair or a or a, a weapon involved in that. So I suppose I suppose they, they sort of want to keep him strong as well. Um not well, sure there's why. reasons for that. <laughs> What's that? We'll find out later. <laughs> um so yeah, but Bubba hits his big sort of tilt the world slam for free. Gene Gene's out on the um on the rampway though after the after the quick quick break. Certainly and he's is. with um Sonny Ono and I didn't know who this guy was, to be honest. Masahiro Chono, is that right? Masahiro Chono's great, yeah. Big, big name in sort of 90s Japanese wrestling. Yeah, obviously, yeah, that's passed me by a little bit. is going international, we're going worldwide. Yeah, but you know what? Sonny Ono doesn't know that. Oh, well, let's see if we can get an interview here, because we're in for one heck of a night tonight. Somebody needs to... Let's turn the on, in on that. Let's, let's take it, take it, Gino. All right, gentlemen, I thank you very much. Joining us at this time, Sonny Ono, along with one of the greatest stars. He has held numerous titles in Japan, <laughs> a current tag team champion there. He's held titles virtually all over the world. This is going to be great. Sonny Ono, I understand, however, that this man has not signed a contract with the New Japan Wrestling Organization as of yet. Well, how about yes, that? Uh, Gene, I've been, <laughs> I've been helping him, shall we say, as his agent. Well, wait a minute. You're wrestling's answer to Jerry Maguire. You're a sports agent? Oh, uh, yes, yes, that's it. Very good. <laughs> and what I've been doing is I've been helping him negotiate a contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling. The minor uh, Take a look at this T-shirt here. <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling. What's buy Very that? nice. That's a very snappy-looking uh, T-shirt also. Yeah. What is this? Hey, what's this? Yes! Surprise! What in the world is the meaning of this? You talk about a bombshell. Were you aware of this? Nando, Nando, what did I do? 
Ron Stud. Um, <laughs> he chops the shit out of Jericho. Oh yeah, and and Je- Je- Jezza comes back with a desperation superplex, but can't capitalize with the cover. So Bischoff then waffles on about Inoki feeling like McMahon did when Luger came out to Nitro, the first Nitro, because obviously he's sacked off New Japan yeah. and gone to the NWO. Why would you mention it? And then he goes on about how we watched the WWF pay-per-view last night. Why put over that you yeah. fucking bought their pay-per-view, you dumb cunt? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he said that, didn't he? He said, he said, he was like insinuated it was a shit pay-per-view. It's like, well... You, you watched it. <laughs> you bought exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and people might now go and say, oh, well, if, if Eric's saying it's shit, he, must be, he might be really good. Let's go and buy it. Yeah. B- <laughs> DiBiase keeps his mouth shut yep. during that. <laughs> smart, smart I'm, not saying, I'm not saying anything about Vince because I'm going to be back there in about 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> I want Hall of Fame, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he is a dim fucker, isn't he? He really is. Eric Bishop. Really is. <laughs> So there's a wheel kick by Jericho for two. The crowd's behind him proper. And he goes up top and uh, Chono ducks his wheel kick off the top. And Jezza bumps fucking hard. He really does. Yeah. Uh, Then he's launched out and bumps hard again. Chono lamps him and Jezza's foot's caught on the rope and he hangs over the apron. Chono Chono just boots and fucking knees him until he gets (laughs) DQ'd. I was thinking that's how they're going to protect Jericho. <laughs> I thought I thought it was all right. I thought it was decent. He gets Chono over as a beast, and Jezza isn't hurt by it because he got his shit in kind of thing. And it was a it was a weird scenario that led to the him getting his ass kicked. And obviously, Masahiro Chono is a massive upgrade on M Chinlock in the NWO. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I thought it I thought it was alright. Yeah. I mean it was a nice like like in, in a way to similar the first one, it was like a nice clash of style, like big guy, little guy with a bit more agility and stuff like that. And I'll say I was I was interested to see how they were gonna sort of give Jericho his out because well, give both of them an out in a way because you don't want you don't really want to hurt either of them because they're obviously one you've just no. brought in and one's like an upcoming guy that you really got a lot of stock in so i think that was probably the best way to do it um 100%, yeah yeah i don't think they could have i don't really don't don't think they could have done it any better really i think it's something that people could learn from these days the dq doesn't necessarily mean it makes it a shit match everyone no. go, everyone is obsessed these days with the quality of the in-ring over you know getting people over or you yeah. know certain angles and it's i think i think a dq or a double dq when it's done right is Perfect. It's like, it's like the Luger um, Arn thing of the week. Mm. The, the ref fucked it a little bit, but the, it, it, that was the best thing—a double count out, or whatever it was. Because because one, you don't need Luger in that tournament, and two, it sort of no. it gives Arn the out. It doesn't get you know, I mean, it didn't get beat, yeah. you know, fair or anything like that. So it can be done in the right way. It just doesn't really get used often anymore, does it? And Bischoff was like, "Oh, that wouldn't have been a DQ in Japan." So that was a good. That, that, to be fair, that was a good commentary from him. I, I thought it, it was. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he had to find something decent at some point. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very rare. And then they show a bit more of Piper from last week. Obviously, maximizing those free appearances on the show. Hundred <laughs> percent. Can get your shit in. <laughs> um, so Gene, Gene's back again though after a short break. Texas, USA. Showtime. One of the all-time greats. 
the enforcer, Art Anderson. He is hot tonight. The horsemen are hot, conspicuously absent once again as Chris Benoit. And on that subject, Art Anderson, there is a situation so that is red hot. As a matter of fact, it's boiling over. It involves one of your colleagues, one of your associates, Mr. Benoit, and a lady by the name of woman, and all of a sudden, Arn, you and the horsemen have gotten the thick of this thing, and I think you're going to have to take up the fight for Benoit, even here tonight. The fact of the matter is, over the course of history, the kiss of a beautiful woman has poisoned a lot of great minds. Sullivan, yours wasn't the first, Benoit's, you won't be the last. But now, Sullivan, you've put me in the crosshairs. You're saying this is my fault. Well, you said last week, you said, let's heat up your life. Well, I've got a solution for you, and I've thought about it long and hard. I'm going to mend that broken heart of yours tonight with a broken body right here in Pensacola. Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Me, Gene. Let me summarize this by saying that woman, oh woman, won't you marry me now? I got a bad arm. Chris Benoit's a good man. And I think you should travel through Germany at the speed of light. Right now, they're in some hot springs having a good old time. Woo! Yes, Deborah. Who cares about that nasty little Nancy over there in Germany running around with that little boy, Chris? I mean, that little boy has tried to hit on me a few times. But no, I don't go for little boys. I go for real men. Isn't that right, Steve? That's right. And, well... Enough said about her. I do the talk about myself because I am the one here who's easy on the eyes, most definitely. And I am the one here who's Mrs. Texas. I am the one here who's beat out over 200 girls to win this title. And, you know, I really do hate to say this, but I've noticed the women in this industry, and they would not have a dog's chance of winning a beauty pageant. Need I say anything more? Ooh, you got that, Curly? <laughs> but enough of that, baby. Arn, you've seen the look in that man's eye when he does interviews, baby. He ain't just coming out to wrestle. He's coming out to go straight for your throat, baby. Tell him, bring it on, but just be aware, you meet fire with fire. Take him, horseman style, baby. Quickly, Ric Flair on the subject of Piper and Hogan at Starcade. Me, Gene, Roddy Piper, woo, will walk the arm. And Hogan, you will know. Once and for all, what it is to pay the price, brother, big time, to Roddy Piper. Now, I'm on my way to Kevin Green's house as we speak for a victory party and a throat for the Carolina Panthers. Woo! Thank you very much to Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Ric Flair is accompanied by Arn, Mongo, and Deborah. Huge pop for Flair, as always, yeah. pretty much most weeks. He's wearing one of the most horrific jumpers I've ever seen in my life, though. What <laughs> big Florida jumper? Because <laughs> he's in Florida. Was that one of them like varsity jumpers or something, wasn't it? It was awful. <laughs> it's got it's got to be something to do with some sports team or something there. Yeah, who the Florida sports? Who the Florida sports teams? The Marlins and the Gators, maybe. Dolphins, is it? Dolphins, yeah. It's all it's all fish based. <laughs> um, Gene Gene oh, kicks it off. <laughs> or sea based gators yeah. and the fish is it so <laughs> Gene Gene kicks off straight away he's um he wants answers he wants to know where Benoit or woman are and he wants to, he wants right. answers from Arn <laughs> yeah. um 
And he said, Arne comes out of a nice little opening line. He says, uh, the kiss of a beautiful woman has poisoned many a mind in pro wrestling. Yeah, poisoned great minds. Yeah, I thought it was great. That was good stuff. And he said that he's going to mend Sullivan's broken, a ha- broken heart with a broken body. Great. Again, brilliant. There was a <laughs> chilling line from Arne, and it really got me. Oh, it was cringy in terms of because obviously we know what happens. Yeah. After he says Sullivan's wasn't the first, and Benoit's won't be the last. It will. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah the cornet, the cornet glasses need to go on. Arn. I don't, I don't like you when he wears his cornet glasses. <laughs> no. Yeah, they're a bit, they're a bit shy, aren't they? To be fair. <laughs> It's very rare we've got any critiques for him, but they, uh, they're not quite working, are they? <laughs> I thought this was the best use of Flair. It's, I think it's smart to get him on in this capacity while he's injured. Yeah. Because he ups, he ups like the, the energy levels of the show. He then proceeds to witter in riddles about fucking Benoit travelling at the speed of light through Germany. Yeah, he, he lost me a little bit with that. I didn't really yeah. know what he was going on about. <laughs> But it didn't lose me as much as the next bit where fucking Roboto <laughs> just chat shit about nothing. <laughs> she's tra- she's tragic, isn't she? She really is. <laughs> Mongo, Mongo pipes up. He's, he warns Arne about Sullivan. Four babies, baby. Nice. Baby. <laughs> that was a good that was a good one from Mongo. He popped him out every every two or three cents. <laughs> didn't he? <laughs> it's like he knew we were counting. <laughs> Flair starts uh, whittering on about Piper and he starts losing his voice. That was funny, that. I was like, what? <laughs> and to be fair, to be fair, um, Bischoff had an absolute corker of a line, though. <laughs> yeah, he did. And a throat lozenge, he said something like that. <laughs> so Flair's like, oh, I'm going to be going. I'm going to Kevin Green. I'm going to Kevin Green for a party. And Bischoff goes, yeah, and for a throat lozenge. <laughs> I don't great. get why he's got a Kevin Green's house, though. He stood next to fucking Mongo. Mongo's his mate. They've still got that never-ending fucking feud going. What's all this? Last week he goes, I don't like you, but right now you're the man. And I'm thinking, oh, because he's put you over once on telly. Oh, come yeah, on. why didn't why did Mongo like, pipe in going, you can't be going there, baby? It's a bit like that. Yeah. It just makes... Because I guarantee when fucking Kevin Green's not doing his fucking sacking or whatever it is he does on the American football gridiron... <laughs> he'll uh, he'll be he'll be against Mongo in some fucking convoluted six man tag. <laughs> I want it one v one, mate, in a cage. <laughs> no, because that that oh fucking hell, that's got only only so we can shit on it, really. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> try to get Mongo climbing out of the cage. He can't even climb up the ropes. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> fucking hell! Oh dear. <laughs> so that that was uh, to be fair, I thought it was a fun little segment. To be fair, I mean, other than the Roboto yeah. bits, I thought there was some good stuff in there. Um, Arm was Arm was fucking top tier as always. Yeah, but then we come back and it? it's Dean Malenko versus Dave Sammartino, and I'm thinking, is this related to to Bruno? And yep, it is, isn't it? Son. Yeah, as if he wore a mask, it'd be called El Hijo del Bruno, <laughs> son of Bruno. <laughs> To be fair, I had no idea his son was a wrestler or anything like that. I didn't, I didn't he's in WrestleMania know. 1. He was an actual little fucker as well. And he's, he's ripped as fuck there. <laughs> he's in good nick in this point, though, wasn't he? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he comes out to appalling hair metal. Absolutely yeah. appalling hair metal. It's like, it sounds like an <laughs> like outtake Fuzzy. from... Yeah, you know, he's fucking worse than Fuzzy. Sounds like an outtake that Fuzzy had shut out. 
this should be a nice quick win for Dino off put. Yeah. Classic Dino start, nice arm work, hammerlock reversals, lovely sequence into a drop toe hold and it gets reversed. These two on comms are getting boring for me right now. It's just arse licking of Hogan all night, isn't it? It's just, there's no oomph to it. It just sounds so lethargic. They're just trying to do that, you know, cool. Fucking... It's not like when Nash and Hall do when his personality. It's just like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Great arm drag. And it's like, there's just no like oomph, yeah, like you're saying. They haven't got that sort of don't care slacker sarcasm and like yeah. the quick witted one liners that Hall and Nash have. It's just really boring. And like, oh, there's just these two guys in the ring. And it's like, oh, fuck off. It's really doing yeah. my head in. Uh, there's, there's, there's not tons going on in this match, I'll be honest with you. No, um, not an awful lot, really. It's a lot of solid mat grappling and reversals, and Dino hooks the arms into like a cattle mutilation variant, like a Danielson cattle mutilation, and he rolls the shoulders for a free. I thought it was solid technically, but nothing more than solid. There was nothing else did to you, it, really. Did you not notice there was a bit of a fuck-up with that finish? What do you mean? I, I think the ref fucked it. I don't think that was meant to be a finish. Because, uh-huh. because he counted to three, and Dean's like, for a second, he's like, what? <laughs> and, and the other guy's like that, and he sort of just gets up and gets out of the ring. He looked fuming. Um, I had to wind it back, because I don't think that was meant to be. I think it was a ref fuck-up, or Sam Martino didn't get his shoulders up or something. Um, possible. Because you could see on Dean, you know, you know when... Dean's not very good at hiding his emotion of when someone gets fucked up. He's done it a few times. <laughs> like when someone's done a shit like dive or something like that, he could tell he's yeah. going, fucking hell. Like, it's and- the only time he's not good at hiding his emotion though, because other times he's just stone-faced as fuck. I know, yeah, but I, give, I think because he's so he's such a professional, when someone fucks yeah. up, he's like, he's like, fuck's sake, that's like, you've, you've messed up my work there. And yeah, I had to wind it back, but I definitely think it was a fuck up. But it wasn't. It, it, didn't, it never really got going. The match, did it? To be fair, it was. It was very. There was no oomph to it. At least when Dean's with like a Ray or a, you know Psychosis Supercat, whoever. Yeah. There's a bit of summit to it, Jimmy Graffiti. Like yeah. there's always there's a bit more oomph. Yeah. And pizzazz or whatever. Like there's, there's someone to do. You can't have two guys who were just mat grapplers with not yeah. a lot of personality. Need, work, Dino needs someone with a bit of summit someone to, to play him. off. Yeah, hundred percent. It was it was by far possibly the worst Dino match I've seen in yeah. terms of. I mean, everything they did was solid. It was just very mundane. It was boring, wasn't it? It was boring. I'm not saying you know me. I'm not saying I just want high spot, high spot, high spot. But you need something. Yeah, it just, it just never got going, did it? So we uh, that, that that match was a bit of a damp squib, wasn't it? And then second hour. Bang on. No pyro or anything. No, it was off. normal. I can believe it. <laughs> it's it like, Bischoff oh tells... God, same show. <laughs> <laughs> Bischoff tells Heenan, Tony and Tanae to come out because he wants to go backstage. Thank fuck. <laughs> I was thinking, yes, finally. <laughs> uh, Bischoff also says as he's leaving, Sting is NWO and he will be in action. Heenan comes out and gets the weasel chant, big weasel chant, which I thought was great, and he sells it great class. Yeah, just no no pyro, they crack straight on. You see the recap sort of thing from Bobby where he was like, Piper stood there dead in the middle of the ring and nobody wanted to challenge him. And he was like, Hogan's yeah. in big trouble. That was I thought that yeah. was a fucking great line from Heenan. Bobby's class. I mean, they, they put over Piper's guts and like Hogan's <clears throat> and the NWO's cowardice. Yeah, and it's like a complete 
opposite. It's like two different programs. It's like we've got we've had the heel program. Now we're going to have the uh, yeah. face program, which I actually thought worked quite well. Yeah, yeah, I think it did. I think it made the second hour a bit better, didn't it? That, you know, just it of... certainly did because their commentary was doing my fucking boxing because DBS didn't really say much. It was just Eric Bischoff talking incessantly. Yeah, it's fucking awful, isn't he? So the first match of the um, of the of the second hour comes on, and it's uh, Jerry Flynn. You have to fill me on on that. I have no idea who he is. Okay, Jerry Flynn is trained by Dino's dad, Boris. Right. He is. He had a feud with Tank Abbott. <laughs> and uh, obviously Dead. got knocked out. Obviously got knocked out. <laughs> we all know you don't fuck with Tank Abbott. Ever. <laughs> Plain and simple. But he's up against Ice Train, and Ice Train's one of my little favourites, I think. <laughs> Nice to see the train, wasn't it? <laughs> I fucking love his music for some reason. <laughs> I still want him to just change his gimmick and call himself Ice T. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they'd be hard to great. use that, would they? <laughs> that Come out to cop, cop killer. <laughs> I just think his music's so fucking daft, but it's great. <laughs> uh, so, um, Flynn has possibly one of the worst ice hockey style mullets I've ever seen. <laughs> The goon. <laughs> it's fucking. Do you know what it looks like? Do you know that old sort of seventies, eighties kung fu movies? It yeah. looks like the henchman in one of them, doesn't he? <laughs> just in like black trousers and just starts kicking people. He's <laughs> trained just no sells everything. Yeah. So, no sells his kicks and then just <laughs> proceeds to kick the fuck out of him. Uh, there's a lovely suplex, a slam, and a splash. Flynn hits a clothesline and misses a wheel kick by a good two fucking feet. But Train sells it anyway. It hits fucking martial arts kicks, and I'm glad Bischoff wasn't out because Bischoff would be spaffing Randy Marsh in it everywhere. <laughs> Where's fucking Glacier when you need him? I know. <laughs> fucking hell. I mean, you could have had all this with Jerry Flynn and at half the price. <laughs> His kicks were so slow, though, weren't they? Jeez. Yeah, they were piss poor. They were piss poor. <laughs> well, half the price, half the speed, right? Uh, <laughs> Ice Train hooks up. He catches a kick and ankle locks him for the uh, submission win. What do you reckon? Fuck it. I don't know. I was just popping for Ice Train, to be fair. Not... <laughs> <laughs> I, just I, thought, <laughs> I thought Train looked decent and I thought Flynn looked fucking woeful. <laughs> yeah, Fl- Jerry Flynn, whoever he is, is wank. Hopefully, don't see much of him anymore. <laughs> his look was woeful, and his ring work was woeful. So, yeah, one of Next. the other big things in the match, though, Tony at one point confirmed the sold-out pay-per-view, the NWO thing. I didn't think there was enough like announcement about that. I don't think I don't think that should have been announced from Tony. Do you know what I mean that should have been announced from like Hogan or Bishop. or even Hall and Nash? Who, yeah, like yeah. I just thought it was a bit flat the way they announced it. Um, I'm surprised he announced it before Starcades. To be fair. Yeah, I, 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 that was a bit silly, that. Make a little noise! What pipe that? Who is that? Introducing! You guys stay right the here. The biggest deal in wrestling Not today! Again. The WCW World Tag Team Champion! Holland Nash! The Outsiders! Do we have to be looking over our shoulders the entire night? You guys stay right here. We're not going to figure out a little right thing to do with your head. 
I guess six is going to conduct this interview, or what are they going to do? They're going to come over here? Can somebody tell me something here? Okay. Every time we sit down there. Ken, the first thing I know everybody out there watching wants to know is, what's with the bandana, baby? I'm looking sweet, ain't I? Too sweet. Too sweet. coming up what do we got in store well i know like everybody else out here i'm gonna be watching hollywood hogan take care of that punk roddy piper and then being the people's choice like the nwo is we're going to put our tag belts on the line against the faces of fear. You know what? I saw those two guys in the back giving each other a poi bath. I say we don't wait till Starcade. You know, we took over the first half of the show. Let's make sure that people stay tuned for the NWO in the second half. Tonight, here in Pensacola, we'll take on the faces of fear. Cause they ain't got a chance! Hey, somebody say something about P-Cola. Well, let's get fired up! Make a little noise! Hey, you tell those two savages that we want an answer before the end of the night. Cause it's NWO for life. Out comes uh, after that though. Out comes six. Make some noise. Fuck you, do it. When he when honestly when he come out and did it, I laughed my bollocks off. I was popping like fuck. It was superb. What what a guy. So he announces the guy. outsiders to the ring. Nash comes out and he's got his coat. I don't, this must have been a joke. This bandana he was wearing. Yeah, um, it's about four foot on top of his head, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to be some sort of rib or something, hasn't it? And he's like, he's looking too sweet in his uh, bandana. I think that's probably the first time they said it on telly. Yeah, I think so, maybe. I, I can't remember him saying it previously to this, so I think that's probably the first time that he mentioned it. And Hall Hall grabs it and he's like, I can't wait to see, watch Hogan take care of Piper in a few weeks. And uh, Nash says he wants to take on the face of here tonight. Make some noise! <laughs> we get it. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, do your version of it. Go on. Make some noise! It's fucking ridiculous, isn't he? <laughs> He's done nothing since he turned up, has he? It's done absolutely know. nothing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Let's be honest. He's got absolutely fucking wasted many a night. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Soma's galore. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the, this is why they got him out an hour two because like usually about. An hour in, he's usually comatose on the fucking <laughs> floor. <laughs> so then we get uh, after that, though. That, I mean, it was quite funny. To be fair, I enjoyed it. <laughs> we got um, we got another sting package, which was a bit more suited to the character. <laughs> it was off its fucking head. It was like all warped and pitch shifted. Yeah, it was like distorted it was like, and yeah, it's like being on bad drugs. But it was infinitely better than the Bonnie Tyler one last week. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, like, it definitely wasn't great, but it was definitely more suited to what they're going for. <laughs> do you reckon they just, like, like I said the other week, do you reckon they generally just put a tune on that was like, oh, we need a hero? And then they, as as it was sort of went, it went live on the telly, they thought, fuck, we didn't even, 
your quality control that. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon Bischoff's in the gym, he's pumping iron, and all he hears over the PA speakers is, where do all the good men go? And all that. And he's like, yes, that's it. That's it. That's what we're going with. Sting, I've got your new theme tune. It's fucking belting, lad. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, it definitely fit the character a bit more, didn't it? But uh, after that, we get another match up. This was a match I didn't think I was going to see. Um, no, I thought this could be really... Again, there's a couple of matches, three matches in there. I thought, this is interesting. Yeah. So it's uh, Bobby Eaton, who has actually featured quite a bit in the last month or so. Uh, which That's is a job, Yeah, that's the only thing. But he's against uh, old Rey Mysterio Jr. Massive size difference when you actually look at him in the ring. On, (laughs) you know, it's crazy. He's not that big. That's what I mean. (laughs) That just shows how small Ray was at this day. I mean, I know Ray's small now, but at least he's filled out a bit more. He's skinny, isn't he? At this point, yeah, he was only like twenty or something, wasn't he? You know, yeah, he was definitely early twenties at least. What do you reckon to this one? Because obviously you're a big fan of Bobby Eaton. And we like Ray, obviously. Right off the bat, the king of mystery does <laughs> two eight point fives straight off the bat. Ooh, ooh. Is that the Guerrero ooh. scale? No, he did. He did old steamboaty scale. The Guerrero scale's over, over the head Mexican. Oh yeah, yeah. And then he gets dropped with the right by Bobby, stomps him, and gets a face plant on him. A lovely elevated backbreaker by Bobby for two. It's almost oh. like. Do you know when Steen uh, does that pop-up powerbomb? He sort of pops yeah. him up and then back break. It was fucking brilliant. That was not a great sell by Ray as well. Brilliant sell by Ray, but the, this is the beauty of working with Ray. You can do this shit like, like you can't do with other people. Yeah, because he's, he's nine and a half stone wet through, isn't he, pretty much? He's light as anything. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a lovely bit. I don't know if it was quite subtle, but it's just Bobby Eaton in a nutshell. He gets him and he, he gets his fist out like he's going to lamp him and he just like hits him in the back really, sly, sly, dig in the back and I thought, that's, yeah. that's a cunty thing to do. I love it. <laughs> Ray slides out and Bobby jumps off the apron, but Ray moves and he eats the uh, guardrail. Tope Suicida by Ray Mysterio. <laughs> Fast though, sells. Oh, yeah. Nice. Like, no Bobby, fucking Bobby about. Bobby can still go. Yeah, he's, he's still pretty fast in the ring, Bobby. Uh, and the back in, and he gets well. He runs him in, yeah. And uh, Ray escapes the vertical and hits a wheel kick, then a springboard drop kick, a split-legged moonsault, and gets two. Yeah. Ray works the arm, but gets cut off with a clothesline. It's a nicely worked chin lock by Bobby, and he was cranking it and everything he could. Yeah, it was it. yeah. wasn't Wall Street yeah. levels, was it? <laughs> Fucking Wall Street. His signature is a chin lock. We've named him Chin Lock. And he does the wankish chin lock. <laughs> it's like one of them reverse nicknames, isn't it? When someone yeah. like <laughs> someone who's bold is becoming all fucking hairy or something like that, just one of those stupid <laughs> nicknames. It's like someone going to crouch you and going, "All right, shorty." <laughs> Bobby goes up top, and it's that beautiful knee drop for a near fall. Ray catches Bobby up top with a run, and for three, I thought it was a for five for a five minute TV match. I thought it was fucking spot on. Yeah, I I, I concur. It was good stuff. Two really good guys, one who and and they worked together quite well because they had that ability yeah. to. Obviously, Bobby was probably working some working a style that he doesn't normally work. Where he's more he was sort of the power game, wasn't he? The dominator in a way, yeah. and I thought that was a nice. Could just work with anyone that lad. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. To be fair, there's a few matches on it where it was like, yeah, like you said, like different styles, but they sort of worked. They they, they meshed quite well. You sort of kind of wanted them to be like ten minutes. Yeah, you just wanted a, f- a three or four minutes more, didn't you? At least just yeah. just to let it let it simmer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of simmering, though, this feud is is bubbling now, though. <laughs> what you mean, Tony the Tiger? <laughs> I thought we were just. Just completely no selling him now. <laughs> no, just Tony the Tiger can fuck off. They just send him to hotels, don't they? So he doesn't have to, to be on Nitro. Like, just don't come to Nitro. We get a very dark, um, dark. <laughs> very dark and chilling and whatever you want to call it video package again from Benoit and Woman. How'd you like that uh, gondola ride in Venice? What'd you think of that car seat in the It's fabulous. Where are we going now? Mon chéri, mm. ça va être magnifique. Ah, Harry, we're going to Paris. Oh. Kevin, doesn't life suck? <laughs> I might be coming home, and when I might not be. Then again, What's it like coming home at night to an empty house, Kevin? What's it like on those late night walks along the beach alone? Has it finally set in? Have you finally faced the truth? What's it feel like being a loser? What's it feel like losing the most important thing that you ever had? I'll tell you what, it sure feels great gaining it. Cheers. I like to go with the word harrowing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the best word. It's fucking... It's so difficult to watch. Some Bit of the words, on it, Mark. <laughs> some of the some of the the, the 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 like analogies and the words they use, and they're so like it's mental how like close to actually close to the bone of what eventually happens. Mm. It's, it's just fucking crazy. Like I thought it, I thought it was. I mean, if if you take that out of it, which is really really difficult to do, it's to it's do, good yeah. stuff. The thing that got me was when she said, "I might come home, I might not." I might make a home for myself. It's like a fucking horror film. It's like yeah. where you're screaming at the TV, don't go down there, don't go yeah. down there, because you know what's going to happen. And it's like, yeah. don't make a home for yourself, because you'll die in it, love. No, no, it's fucking crazy, some of the it's some of the really, words. really, really mad. That bit where she was like, where they were like Gold and Sullivan, they're like, oh, what's what's it like coming home to an empty house, Kevin? You know, when all those lonely times in the house and stuff like that, it's like, fucking hell. When you when you sort of hear about on like the documentaries and stuff about what happened in that house over that weekend and stuff, it's like that's yeah. mental. That is seriously mental. This is where, like, for like the last six months we've been doing this, we've been able to put the sort of this stuff to one side in 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 a way. Yeah, Try um, to and yeah. kind of because it's not been as egregious and in your face as it has been with the Benoit woman stuff. Yeah. Um, there's been there's been points like where she's screaming like the, she's got such a chilling scream at ringside. And you think, oh god, 
But this yeah. is now getting full on into, you know, hard to watch. Un- uncomfortable territory. Yeah. However, then we get Arn and Sullivan, the yeah. mental bastards, fucking madness going on. So, so, like so obviously Sullivan comes out literally like thirty seconds after that video's played. He's absolutely foaming at the mouth, like like raging. I thought I was fucking meant the way he just came down. He like pointed at Shivani. He was like, "I fucking told you and all this. Don't play that yeah. shit." Brilliant. And, and I think Anne comes out and he's sort of like he comes out and he gets a good good reaction. So he means business, but I don't think he's sort of. I thought, I thought they I thought it played quite well though, that that Arm didn't really have that same like passion and anger for this match that like no, Sullivan it's not did. His fight really is it? Yeah, so I thought that was that was really quite good. And Sullivan jump starts it in the aisle as he as he would do because he's fucking fuming. Both men just throwing big hands and um, chairs. Yeah, I, I I didn't know it was. I, I think they said it was a no DQ or. I don't know if it was there was any rules or anything, but referee certainly wasn't DQing him. Sullivan lobs a chair in his face. Arm grabs the chair, swings at a miss, and hits the ring post. Start going into the crowd. <laughs> then the referee starts going right. Ah, come on, that's enough. <laughs> come on, get back in here. Come on. <laughs> and eventually, they get back in the ring, which I didn't. I thought they were going to fucking fight in the bathroom or something like that. Mm. Sullivan likes to do. Loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, it. Is. I, I, you know what, I, I thought this was fucking mint. <laughs> I thought it was just pure yeah, and chaos. I, and I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. But you had to read the. It had a reason to be. Yeah. It's yeah, not just still... like oh, Adam Page versus fucking Moxley in a street fight. Why? Yeah. There was fucking. Stars, by the way. <laughs> Better than Hogan and Rock. <laughs> Better than Brett Austin, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like there was, there was, there was reason for the anger. There was reason for the like the hatred and it, it, some of that's been built for like months. three to four, five, six months. Like as long as we've been watching it, it's longer than that. Maybe yeah. I've really enjoyed it. I, just, I don't yeah, know what it's it, Sullivan. Sullivan's one of the best things on the show at the minute as well. Like Sullivan's fucking brilliant. From the minute he walks down the ring, game face, fucking what a purposeful gate he's like. He's like walking like he's fucking on his way to murder somebody. It's like he's going into like the Coliseum or something. Like, like he's gonna he's got a fight of his life ahead of him. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. But then you look at you look behind him, you see fucking Hart like jumping with his megaphone in his hand and you need <laughs> to get rid of that him. one. No, you need to get rid of him. <laughs> there was a, there was this bit there was what this bit there was one bit that popped the hell out of me and sort of gets like a bit like a bit of an eye rake from Sullivan because obviously it's just yeah, he gets poked like in anything, the eyes, doesn't he? Yeah. Anything anything goes and like the like he's trying to get his bearings right, he's disorientated and stuff like that. He just DDTs the ref. <laughs> well, what had happened? He'd, he'd gone to swing at be, uh, uh, Sullivan and he clocked yeah. the ref with his yeah. elbow as he swung back, yeah. so he can't see. And can't see, bumps in, bang, DDT, and I thought, lovely. Love that, textbook. (laughs) And then, because of all that sort of commotion, Sullivan hits his devastating double stomp. That's the only bad thing about him (laughs) at the moment. Because he weighs about Um, three stone, that's why. (laughs) He gets Arn in the tree of woe, but then Arn counters it with a big old nut shot. Anything goes in this match, really. <laughs> yeah, big time. And then, and then everyone's down. Hugh Morris is down. He comes down for a save. He gets a DDT, which I enjoyed. Conan, Conan down. Conan. Um, Conan. He's down. He gets taken down, lobbed off the off the, uh, the the apron, and then grabs Jimmy Hart as well. He gets him in the ring, tries to sort of 
Gunn tries to get him, take him out as well. And he gets cut off by like a, one of those sort of like foldable like garden chairs. It was like a wooden chair <laughs> shot. Wooden chair, yeah. <laughs> get, gets absolutely clattered over his head. And then uh, Hart like rolls the ref over and he counts a very, very slow free. <laughs> um, so Sullivan wins it. And then Mongo is only about 20 minutes late for the save. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll save you, baby. <laughs> Counting his money in his briefcase, but he? he didn't quite catch it. <laughs> no, he sat there, he sat there nodding off because fucking Roboto's whittering on about winning another fucking beauty pageant. <laughs> it was generally one of the best but shittest but great 10 minutes I've ever seen on Nitro. <laughs> Do you know what it reminded me of? That um, Faces of Fear, Benoit Mongo match, that was just fucking mental. Yeah. And I, I just absolutely loved it. It was like three minutes of madness. It was great. It was. I thought it was really fun. I uh, really enjoyed it. And then we get Steiner's out. Huge We Want Sting cr- uh, chants from the crowd as we sort of await his arrival in the ring. Massive pop for Sting, as we think it is. It's clearly the fake one. It looks now like him. <laughs> well, the first one starts coming down, doesn't it? And yeah. then the, the, the other one just fucking appears. Yeah, so the, you, you can tell it's the fake one as he gets closer and closer to the camera. And I think the crowd notices it as well. Um, yeah. And even the commentary team's call it out as well. And you're yeah. thinking, oh, fucking here we go. It's that bogus Sting again. And then, like you said, out of nowhere, the real Sting hops over the other side of the rail. And that was like a proper, proper pot. And, was it um, Tarrant? In a minute. <laughs> <laughs> And they sort of they sort of look at each other. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Like one of them type of thing. Real Sting's not impressed. Fake Sting. So he comes or... out with a cork, and he says, "I think the one on the left definitely the real Sting because he's a bit darker." <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I mean, it didn't it didn't necessarily deliver it right, but he was right though, wasn't he? Because the other one was a bit bouncy. He was like, "Hey," like he was still doing like the old Sting. <laughs> so it's like, but fake Sting holds the bat up to him. And then they toss it to Rick and they both turn their back. As they do that, the real Sting grabs the fake one. Scorpion death drop on the imposter. And that is where the Tarrant Pop of the Night comes in. (laughs) Wholeheartedly agree. (laughs) It was monstrous. It really was. It's it's brought that excitement back in that feud now. In, in not that feud, yeah. sorry, that storyline because it, I thought it fell a little bit flat last week, last couple of weeks or so. But it came back there, and I thought that was a hell of a pop. It really was. It, it didn't need it last week because of the Piper stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think they could. Yeah, that was it. But I think I think it was great. I would have been. I, I was starting to think. Oh God, they're going to do this every week now, where it's like the fake sting's going to keep coming out. But then when I saw the real one, I was like, yes, that's fine. Like, I was worried that it was going to be a bit like three, four weeks of fake sting coming out. And I was just going to get bored of that. But I was enjoying that. Shovels intrigue. Just shovels and oh, shovels yeah. and shovels it on. It's great. Yeah, definitely. It was good. Then there's a Starcade pay-per-view sort of advert, VT. Preview sort of the three big matches, I suppose. Hogan Piper, obviously. Faces of Fear and Outsiders and Luger and Giant, which, to be fair, we haven't really seen much build for, which is so I didn't... I didn't even know they were facing each other until this episode. Yeah, so, like, there's not been any build, really, has there? Um, And Luger's not been racking big fuckers. I know, yeah, he needs needs to rack, like, Boulder or whatever he's called. (laughs) Boulder? Who the fuck's Boulder? (laughs) I don't know what he called. Roadblock. Roadblock. (laughs) 
<laughs> or Ron Studd at least. <laughs> Again. Um, but we get to sadly uh... one of the worst parts of the show next. Um, it's, it's the worst part. Other than Lee Marshall, it's the worst part. <laughs> so um, NWA music play, NWO music play, sorry. Um, and again, it's... And Billy Corgan comes out. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, great reaction because they can see it's Hogan and, you know, he's a big, he's a mega star, of course. He's flanked yeah. with Giant, Deviosity, Vincent and Liz. We haven't seen her in a while. I was thinking to myself, 13 minutes left of the programme at this point, I'm thinking this is worrying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But I thought they started all right. <laughs> Don't bother. Um, I thought they started it quite well with the chair in the ring, like the reminiscent of the Piper stuff. DiBiase demands Hogan spotlight, which I thought it was. I think it's better when someone else does it. To be fair. Um, yeah. And then um, Hogan's doing his like chicken shit thing where he's like. I know you're in the building, Piper. Come out, come on, you, come and face me. And then commentators are like burying it straight away. They're saying, "Oh, he he knows fine well that Piper's not here tonight. He had his chance last week and all that." And then he's like, "Vincent, go find him, go find him." And then he just went on a bit of a witter uh, when he started quite well. I thought it was some good heel stuff event, like to begin with, like some nice synergy between the chair in the middle of the ring from last week. And he's just having a pop at everyone. He's like. I'm, he's having a pop at Flair and he's having a pop at Liz and then he, he started going on at Savage who's not been on telly for about two months. It's like, what are you mm. going on about? <laughs> Gets like, Liz to kiss him on the cheek. Creepy. Yeah. Why does he have to make it creepy? I know obviously he's got that friendship with Piper and stuff like that, but you're not fighting. You're not, you're not against Flair. Flair's not even active at the moment, so just get over it. He's like, saying stuff like Piper's got a, a bad hip. And Flair's got a bad shoulder, and I've beat them both at the same time. Yeah. And then eventually, he sort of once he stops wittering on, DiBiase whispers in his ear, and he's like, oh, um, I've just been told by Trillionaire Ted that Piper's left the building as I entered, <laughs> which it worked. It worked because it's chicken shit, in it? It works in that regard. 100%. Um, but then he just sort of, like, he, there's little elements where it's like the sprinkles of good things, and he just starts going on and on and on again. There's no direction. He's not really making any points. He's no. just... He's just putting himself over, whereas he's not really building. He's not doing what Piper did last week, where he seriously built that match where I like really want to see it. He sort of almost yeah. brought it down a couple of notches in this week, which is annoying. Um, it's always too long, and yeah. he doesn't know when to wrap it up, and he just meanders through these tangents. Whereas Piper's is is long, but it don't feel that long. No, it's it doesn't. To Hogan, because 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 Piper's. Piper's a storyteller, isn't he? He tells stories. Yeah. He, he he's got analogies and he's he, things like that. And and there's always a point to what he's trying to make. He get he get he gets there like eventually, and he's and it, it always works. Like, like you saying, there, he just rambles on Hogan. He's it's like he doesn't know where to finish, and it's like he's just waiting for someone to go right. That'll do Hulk. I mean, he, he can't finish it off himself. Like I say elements of some good heel stuff in there, but he just he just ruins it just by going on and on and on. And then he starts doing his shitty little poses again. Did you see what he did? He was going, and all my Hollywood uh, maniacs. <laughs> oh, man. You've been doing this gimmick for fucking nine, eight, eight or nine months now, maybe? No, no. No, five, six months. You should be fucking able to have thought of a better fucking phrase than that, or NWO-ites. Hollywood maniacs. <laughs> NWO-ites is the worst one, though, isn't it? Yeah, but he's just literally gone, oh, I can't call Hulkamaniacs now, just Hollywood maniacs. <laughs> um, so, 
that went on for a bit too bit too long for my liking and yours uh, from what you've said. And we get about there's like four or five minutes left of the program and it, and it, and a promising as outsiders versus faces of fear. And I'm thinking there's no way this match is happening. Like there's no way no. this is going to happen. It's not going to be a match. But I was wrong in a way. It did actually eventually. It did start. Face of fear are down, obviously, and and it's it, they start fighting outside. Hall and Hall and Meng are at it. It just descends into absolute chaos pretty quickly, though, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, and then we get a uh, big bubble down. Yep. And he turns on Meng and Barb, and he is the newest member of the NWO, and that's why they're keeping him strong, brother. <laughs> see how see how I no sold it earlier. To throw I know. <laughs> I know you did. It's not like they've it's twenty five years old or anything, you know. <laughs> People might be seeing it for the first time. <laughs> True. So then we get Sullivan down, Conehead's down, Morris is in, and a brawl in shoes. The fucking locker room empties like Giants in, Bagwell's in, Six is in, Chinlock's down, Regal's in, Psychosis, Chavo, Ice Train, and Scott Norton. Who come down like the best fucking mates, nice and calm. Feud is feud. Yeah. And then he uh and then he a just drops fucking well. ice train. Yeah, <laughs> a big feud well ish feud. A, a bit of feud though, wasn't it? It was it was it was nasty, like they were attacking each other all it, over the place. It was tepid, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. And Scott Norton is the second, well, third new member of the NWO tonight. Yeah. Bloody hell. I know. <laughs> And then uh, fucking hands out, Ray's out. Fucking hell, here comes Sting. So Arn goes for him, but Sting drops him. Ditto, Mongo gets dropped. Ray has a go on his back, and Sting thinks, fuck this, I've tried to help. And they don't want me. Fucking loved it. Fucking yeah. loved it. It was crazy. Cement truck of fucking intrigue. Cement just pouring it on. Oh, it all fucking... over it. it was That's crazy. how you end the fucking. Could you imagine if the show ended with Hogan doing his shit and not this? It was fucking great. Yeah, I can because we've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but could you, like, if he had his way, he'd have been finishing the show, wouldn't he? But this is such I'm a su- fucking a great way to end it. I'm su- he did have his way. That's the problem. I'm so surprised yeah. that they didn't put this on before Hogan's bullshit. Hall and Nash must have said something. At least. They must have done, wasn't they? Because, yeah, because at the end of the day, it's like. This will get the NWO over, therefore, by proxy, we'll get you over. Plus, it gets plus it gives an amazing like highlight reel for our match of the pay per view as well. So, like, that's hundred percent. Like that built can... that built loads of stuff. That last segment, I it yeah, was it was brilliant. fucking superb, and it completely nullified the shite that we'd saw ten minutes previously. Yeah, definitely. And the Sting stuff is just proper heated up again after this episode. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I thought all in all, minus the Hogan stuff. Great show. Minus, you know, probably Bischoff on commentary. It was pretty fucking good, man. It was. There's some really good stuff on there. Uh, but that was the end of the show, obviously. And it, there's just that no one knows what to do with Sting and stuff like that. Great way to end it. We've got another fucking 12 month of it. I know. I know. But I think I think they're doing it. Like It's obviously been going on a little while now. But I think I think that the build's been quite nice and slow. And there's, it there's has. Been, been little sprinkles of stuff. Like but They've not been going too hard with it, which is... I'm I'm really Not excited. Shotting, they? No, I'm really excited to see how how it keeps on developing. Um, yeah, me too, me too. But that brings us to the end of another nitro. It um, does. And as we always do after uh, after reviewing said show, we'll do our awards. MVP of the night. Sting. Easily. 
without yep. a, without a shadow of a doubt, it's thing. It didn't yeah. say fuck all, barely did anything, but said tons did of enough. out saying fuck all. Yeah, it was fucking brilliant. It really was. It was good. Those are the two best parts of the show by a mile for me. Um, yeah. Just those two, like not even like thirty to 40, thirty to thirty seconds to a minute appearances. They were fucking amazing, especially when he's just taking everyone on in the ring. Match of the night, tough one. It is a tough one because there's there's some good ones in there. Re, re, the, the opener Regal Psychosis was good. Chono Jezza was good. The 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 main event, the face of fear versus outsider, just because of everything that it did, yeah, it was superb. But it, you can't. Re, it was an angle more than a match. Yeah, it wasn't really. It didn't I'd, really get going as a match, did it? I'd probably have to say Arn and Sullivan. Yeah, I agree. Fucking, really, it was daft stuff. It was like, but there was so much vigor and like aggression and stuff like that. It was, but really, you bought into it because Sullivan yeah. was fucking superb. Yeah, he could have been MVP as well, and if it wasn't yeah, Sting on this show, any other night he would have, he would have snagged, snagged it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I thought, I thought that was a really good match. Not, not in the sort of technical stance where you fucking, <laughs> I mean, you're no. like marveling at great, the greatness, but there was some really good stuff in there. Um, I agree. Disco Duggan Hart. Or Hogan Award. <laughs> Got to be yeah, Hogan, Hogan, Hogan's up there. I mean, Bischoff close second, but Hogan is definitely Hogan, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. The posing thing enough. We don't. We don't need to be seeing that anymore. We saw that for about three nitros in a row a few months ago, and yeah. that almost killed this show off. <laughs> I know it's ironic, and he's trying to be ironic with it, but I, I genuinely think he just doesn't know how to do anything else. That's his. That's his go-to, isn't it? It's his default, default setting. This yeah. is fucking tragic. And then uh, Barnet of the Night. Jerry Flynn. Jerry Flynn. <laughs> Debut. Debut on Debut. the Barnet of the Night. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It was uh, it was an absolute atrocity of follicles. <laughs> atrocity of follicles. <laughs> it was horrendous. It was bad, wasn't it? It was really bad. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it's one of the worst mullets we've seen. We've... <laughs> And we've seen Scott Norton's short, shorter than short at the front, longer than long at the back. <laughs> did you? Did I sent you that clip of Brad Armstrong with a perm mullet? Did you see it? Yeah, it's Kenny Omega style, that. <laughs> <laughs> Proper Rudy Voller job. <laughs> well, that's um, uh, that's another one in the books then. Nitro, anyway. Certainly is the next. The next one we will be dropping in on is the Go Home Show to Starcade. It'll be the twenty third of hopefully December, nineteen ninety six. You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd like to think so, don't you? But, we're, but they do push. have a tendency to botch Go Home shows. Yeah, they're not been that so. good, have they? Really? <laughs> Let's hope we're nicely surprised. Hopefully so. Anyway, um, but that won't be coming out for a while because we have got something else in the pipey liney. Obviously, our bonus show will be coming up, but yep. instead of doing our retro bonus show, we're going to be doing WrestleMania 39, Nine. is it? Yeah, 39. Yeah. <laughs> Goes Hollywood again. <laughs> to be fair, so I'm, be I'm, doing I'm that. A bit of quite, there's a few matches on there I'm quite looking forward to seeing, to be fair. So, you know, hopefully yeah. Mania is not too bad and Helmsley's done all right since he's, since he's got hold of it, hasn't he? So hopefully he does a good show. This is it. And so we, we hope you don't mind us pushing the go-home show back a couple of weeks more just so we can give you some current affairs, basically, and see yeah. what happens and see if the roller coaster gets uh, anointed as the guy. Well, I think it, I think it could be. 
a lot of the intrigue for me is if they actually do pull the trigger with ending the the rains fucking right rain because it's what is it nine hundred plus days now? It's crazy. It's, um, been a, it's been a fair old uh, stretch, hasn't it? Fair fucking place for for putting a belt on someone someone that long. It takes some balls to do that in this day and age, but I yeah, mean, but he's not... the one guy that they have concentrated on getting to that level. Nobody else. But I mean, don't get me wrong, he's he's over as fuck and he's an absolute star. Yeah. But they've they've put everybody else by the wayside, haven't they? And they they've, they've concentrated him. So he was the only guy they could ever have done it with, really. Yeah. Yeah, of course. But even then, like you know, t- title reigns can get boring. But that f- I, f- I feel like the intrigue with his storylines has consistently been one of the best thing on the show for the past two, three years, hasn't it? So that's because some... that's because Heyman's working on them. I'd yeah, say. yeah, probably right. Because if you notice the the two biggest stars they've had in the last ten years, I, I take Cena out of the equation because Cena has been a star longer. The two biggest stars they've had are CM Punk and Brian Danielson, and they got over completely organically off their own back. Yeah, this is the first guy they've had since Cena in the mid two thousands that they've wanted to be the guy, and he is now. Yeah, and he is the guy, and everyone's bought into him because everyone fucking hated him for years. Yeah, because they knew they knew he was the guy that they were pushing, but they have they have concentrated on it on him and him alone, and got and him they've, over and they've as fuck. The trigger on the heel turn as well. Yeah, because it was the only way to go and sticking in with fucking Heyman, Masterstroke, getting yeah. his little stooge crew together, Masterstroke, and it works even more because they're all related. It's, yeah. you know, the stars aligned. They've they've worked their asses off to, to do, I mean, everything else has gone a bit pony, yeah. you know, but they've got one great thing going and it, it, sh- it should be iconic this match. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of, well, I mean, I think it would be more iconic if Cody wins. Yeah, because it will get Cody over as a megastar. Co- Cody's over as well, though. Do you know what I mean? He's he's a genuinely he's he's everything he's wanted to be for so long. He, he's yeah, yeah. He's, he's been desperate to be like the big baby face, and he's sort of finally getting his flowers in WWF, which is but really winning that like. belt will push him. Will take him oh, to yeah. that next level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like cover a magazine level, and you know, yeah. Of course, it was. It's definitely uh, someone. Name level. It's definitely someone you can hang your hat on, though. I think with them, I think they're. I think they're building him to be the next sort of big guy because yeah. Ro- Roman won't be around much longer in terms. of I don't think. No, I mean, I think Cody is better in this environment because, pardon the pun, I think he's reined in a bit more. Yeah, and um, in AEW, he's kind of left to do his own thing, and some of it worked, and some of it really didn't work, and. Yeah. At least he's got sounding boards here that won't just let him do like Tony Kai's like, oh yeah, you, you do whatever you want. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, there's I've, no, there was no I've Brandy and the entire team out with yeah. you every night. <laughs> Keep keeping Brandy away from it has done him favors. It really has. She was the I mean, fucking big reason he got massive booze. I think you know. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Some of his storylines were shit, but she is she's a heat magnet. She really is. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Me, me, and you. Both fans of uh, Brandy, yeah. <laughs> but in terms of, by God, she's a stunning woman. But yeah, she's she's not she's not for the wrestling business. No, definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And, and there's a few other matches like Fury and Cena as well. That's an yeah. intriguing one. Um, Ripley Flair, yeah. Usos and Usos versus Owens and Zayn. I think that's a nice build as well. So yep. yeah, I think there's some good stuff on there. Yes, we'll give you a bit up. of a tantalising taste of what you've got to look forward to when we do get to Sky Starcade. The card as it stands right now, 
on the 16th of December 1996 is yeah. WCW Cruiserweight uh, Championship match. Dean versus Ultimo Dragon. The J Crown is not on the line, apparently. Tag belt match outsiders face the fair. Luger versus Giant and Hogan versus Piper. So that's not a bad card to yeah. start with. And let's see what else uh, gets added on in the uh, go home show. Yeah. Well, obviously, we've got to figure out who's DDP's opponent, haven't we? Um, yeah, I think that match is Benoit Guerrero. So Benoit and Woman will be back next week anyway, because he's, he's on that. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so we'll see we'll see another match at least getting added on. It doesn't end there. We've got a couple of questions, John. We certainly have. Yeah. You've got one and I've got one. Yeah. No, I'll go first if you want. So, this is from our good friend Chris Bellis from the One Man's Meat podcast, Big Meaty Cool. Yeah. If you're a vegetarian, probably isn't for you, this guy. <laughs> he, likes his, he likes his meat. Um, his question is, if you found yourself in a meeting with the heads of Gordale Media and it was your head on the chopping block or housewife's favourite, Pat O'Farrell, <laughs> what three words of advice would you give your new bosses, Mark? Pretty simple, really, isn't it? Just sack Pat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... I think as, as concise as you can be, I think Pat needs to get a bin, to be fair. <laughs> I always love a bit of partridge, if anyone didn't know, didn't know what that was referring to. <laughs> um, it's been partridge light tonight. Yeah, as actually. We've not really uh, really gone into that that, uh, that world. We've got another question, though, which is a, a bit more wrestling-based. We had a bit of a thought about this one, didn't we, both of us? So this is from... Um, Another good friend of the of the pod, uh, Scottish Juggalo, the other half the of, guy. of <laughs> the other the other half of uh, of One Man's Meat podcast. He said, um, so "The man we've mentioned quite a bit tonight." He said, "If Bobby Heenan came out of retirement to manage again, manage someone from WCW at this current time we're watching, who would we choose for him to manage?" So I had a thought about this, and then I, I started going through people because it was a bit of a slow day at work. And um, <laughs> so I thought, oh, he, he, right. The thing with Heenan is, whoever you put him with, yeah, is instantly over because he, he Heenan's got that cachet. That's um, what I was thinking. He's, he's a heat-getting magnet, and he's definitely the greatest manager of all time. So I'm thinking, oh. Dino would be great. Dino could do with him, or Benoit could do with him. Joe, someone who's not a great talker. Yeah. And then I thought, then I thought about him with Kurt Hennig, and I thought, oh, Bobby managing Page would be interesting. And I, I thought of Page, to be fair. Yeah, but then I, but then I went a bit left field. <laughs> did you? As you, as you did. But I don't actually know who Mark is going to suggest. But he said the words left field, so I went. I started thinking out of the box. And I thought, who could he make into an absolute monster heel? And I thought, there's one guy that I think would be great because he's got the size, he's got the ability in the ring, he's got the the sort of he's got a track record of like winning belts. He's been IWGP champion. I think he'd do wonders with Scott Norton. Yeah, there's my. Uh, there's my weird left field thing because I think Scott Norton's got all the tools. He yeah. just can't talk and has no fucking personality. But he has been big in Japan, you know, IWGP heavyweight champion. You know, he's he's legit. 
he can work with, he can work with anybody because he's strong. He could he could like pick up and lift the giant Ron Scott, yeah. whoever you know the big fuckers as well. So I think yeah. I'd go, I'd probably go for Scott Norton. It's a good shout that but, to be fair. Yeah, <laughs> my mine was even more left field than that probably. Um, the ice train. <laughs> Not quite, no, not quite. Because I did no. think about Ice Train. <laughs> no, it wasn't Ice Train, to be fair. I thought of a guy who, I just think, we see him, we see him, like, I went down a similar route where I was thinking, right, does he need to go with someone who's already a big star? Because what benefit are they really getting? So I went with someone who I thought, has shown in the last few times we've seen him, like, a nasty side. I don't think he's sort of shown, like, before. So I went with Craig Pittman. And right. I was just, and I was thinking, he's got a manager with him at the minute who is not doing anything for him, for me anyway, for him. No, and I think he, I think whenever we've seen him, I think he's got he's got the ability to be quite a nasty little heel. He's got some, he yeah. like he works he works quite stiff, and he, um, I think he's obviously not a very good talker. We've heard him very very briefly talk briefly, I think, yeah. and I think Heenan. I, I thought I, I sort of I just I was thinking someone just out, out of the box that he could really do something with, and I think obviously you drop the sergeant stuff because you can't yeah, really yeah, yeah. you can't be a heel and be like an army veteran or whatever. But I just thought I just I, I always like watching him when he's on, and I just think the Teddy Long partnership's just lazy. It just it doesn't really just doesn't really do up for me. I just thought for some reason I thought Heenan could could make him into something quite good. You know when like when it when it when it, in the sort of when he when they were getting um, Heyman to like go with like undercard guys and stuff like that to try and get them over, I sort of went down well, that little bit of route, but that didn't really work. Curtis Axel and Cesaro. I think your shout's better. To be fair, I didn't even think of Scott Norton. To be honest, the only reason I thought of him was because of the end bit of Nitro. Yeah, sort of fresh in your mind. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I think that would have worked. I think that could have always worked. I know he was good, like he was over in Japan, and I thought you can play up to that. It's like this guy's won belts all over the world. He's won belts in Japan. He destroys opponents, that kind of thing. To be and fair, Malenko like Steven in the back, and yeah. Heenan's giving it all the the shtick and whatnot. Yeah, Mal- Malenko could have worked as well because he he, he doesn't talk. But then again, I, I think that's a quite a nice mystique of Malenko, isn't it? That he's sort of yeah, he's sort of businessman. He just it's all him, all him. But yeah, I think I think yours is a good shout actually, Noah. And I didn't really think of him because we don't. Well, really I thought ben, that's it. I thought Benoit, but I think well, he's got flair and arm. Yeah, suits to do really... the talking. And Mongo is a talker, whether he's good or not. He still talks a lot. He's got personality. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's got yeah. character. Um, Page, I think I think he'd work with Page in that sort of way that he worked with Kurt Henning. Obviously, Page is nowhere near on the level of Kurt Henning in the ring, but. It's yeah. that cocky, arrogant, I'm the fucking best kind of thing. But yeah. I don't think but, Paige necessarily needs him. At this point as well, Paige is in the sort of genesis of like an organic turn as well, isn't he? Yeah, so, he's in the ascendancy, probably. isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think I think yours is probably a better shout than mine. I just sort of thought, just because we'd seen him in the last few weeks, and I, I quite like him, so I thought it'd be nice to have an old Craigie Pittman in a, in a more prominent position. <laughs> yeah, Craigie Pittman needs some love, man. He really does. <laughs> I've never never heard of him until we started watching this, but I do I do I don't mind his work. <laughs> I'd heard of him. I couldn't remember one fucking match he had, but I had heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh thanks for the questions, guys. It's always appreciated. Anyway, 
We are moving on forward. We are on the Starcade bus. But next month is April. And for Easter, we're going to treat you. We're going to give you a WrestleMania double pre... Not preview, review. <laughs> Can't even fucking just adding peas everywhere. We're going to give you an AEW-based bonus on our episode two of, well, wouldn't you know who won the Tony? Got a run in there as well, I think. Pardon? Have we got a run in on that episode? We possibly, if uh, if if schedules correlate, <laughs> we'll have to discuss it with our potential run in. <laughs> but yeah, we've got. Uh, I was going to say all or nothing, but that's that fucking Amazon documentary, isn't it? It's double yeah. or nothing, twenty nineteen. Yeah, we've also got the go home show to Starcade. Starcade itself, it's an action packed month from the Adjective Boys and yeah. all you Adjectivists. <laughs> Adjectiveites. <laughs> Adjectiveites, yeah. Adjective maniacs. <laughs> oh, and we're the trajectives because we are tragic. <laughs> but yeah, all you guys are going to be spoiled with some audio, you know, not quite gold, silver maybe. <laughs> Nine carat at the very least. But yeah, um, yeah we're going to bring you some stuff, more stuff in April. Um, if you want to interact with us, as always, it's at Adjective Pod on Twitter. Uh, give us a five star Davey Meltzer super kick. Thigh slapping is not included, please. On Spotify, they don't like it, they'd rather give a side kick, fucking wheel kick, anything like that. No thigh slapping, please. <laughs> so, uh, our next episode is probably going to be WrestleMania 39. It's going to be different for us doing a, a current wrestling. We'll do our damnedest to make it as entertaining for you all as we possibly can. We can't promise it's going to be a good show, but we never can, I'm afraid. I promise it'll be a long show, though. <laughs> oh, man, it's going to be a two-parter because, you know, if, if I wanted to record for five hours straight, then I'd do a fucking a Brian Last podcast. <laughs> so it's going, to be, it's going to be a double bubble, and uh, you're going to get all your other jazz in from the Adjective Boys this April. So we will see you then. Uh, we've got any further business, Marcos? Uh, no, nothing else to report. I'll say them infamous two words, Rey Mysterio. Cheerio. The preceding podcast gimmick, it was paid for by Look at the Adjective. I'm going to have to edit the fuck out of that last bit. I just kept fucking losing my train of thought. <laughs>